We learn that Pennsylvania's Longwood Gardens has received a transformational gift of 150 masterpieces. These aren't your typical works of art. They're bonsai trees, and they come from Doug Paul's Kennett Collection, the largest private collection of the botanical art form outside of Asia. The initial gift includes 50 trees. Seven specimens are already on view, with the rest part of a long-term bequest that also includes a $1 million endowment for their care. A significant number of the trees are more than 100 years old, and many have been designated Kicho Bonsai, or important masterpieces, by Japan's Nippon Bonsai Association. Others are Omono, or very large bonsai, measuring an impressive three or four feet tall. Kennett is also making the entirety of its 1,200 trees available as loans to Longwood, which started its collection in 1959 with the purchase of 13 trees from Japanese bonsai artist Yuji Yoshimura. Art News spoke with Kevin Balecki, Longwood's bonsai curator, asking why Longwood Gardens wanted to expand its bonsai collection. Bilecki explains, I think it's a growing art form, particularly in the U.S., and there's a high demand from our guests. For many of them, it's really their favorite thing to see here, what they always look forward to. No matter what time of year, there's always something new to see. Guests are always amazed by bonsai trees, and they sometimes have trouble wrapping their heads around how these are grown, or even the fact that they're real. To see a small pomegranate that's a foot tall with a full-size fruit on it, it just captures their imagination in a lot of different ways. You see, one of our goals as bonsai artists is to create an aged aesthetic, so it appears to be a mature tree in the landscape. By nature, some bonsai are slower growing, some are more vigorous, and you can produce fine branching and a nicely sized trunk much faster. You could have a finished tree in five years, or it could take 100 years. There are also different ways to start bonsai. You can start it from nursery stock, from seeds, or cuttings. There are nurseries that grow them in the field to build up the size and the girth of the trunk before it's put in a container. But my favorite way, and the way to achieve results the fastest, is collecting from nature. In the mountains, there are trees that grow exposed to really harsh conditions. Wind, snow, stones falling on them, growing between the cracks in rocks. If resources and nutrition are very limited, that creates dwarfs. A tree we collect could be anywhere from 100 to 3,000 years old, depending on the specimen. And what nature does, it does so much better than what a bonsai artist can. The way it shapes and contorts the tree and finds light and finds ways to grow creates really unique variety and character within the overall line. Words of Kevin Belecki, curator of bonsai at Longwood Gardens here in southeast Pennsylvania. He was interviewed in an article for Art News by Sarah Cascon in the fall of 2022. Vilecki spoke about the growth of the art form here in the States, and that's the case in this region. The NEPA Bonsai Society has been growing, and the pun is intended, steadily in recent years, 
and annually in August, they host an open house to showcase the trees cultivated by their members and to introduce the public to the beauty and serenity that is the art of bonsai. Carl Ackhammer is president of the society, proprietor of Zen Chaser Bonsai, a teacher and longtime practitioner of the art. James Gavern is a member of the NEPA Bonsai Society too. He manages the nursery at Keller's Garden Center and he takes care of the bonsai there. He's also a practitioner of the art of bonsai. Carl and James stopped in at the WVIA studios to talk with us about the art and to invite us to join them this Saturday in Exeter to experience the art they are so passionate about. Carl. Essentially, the art of bonsai is the art of dwarfing a tree to grow in a small container. So we're taking any tree that in its natural environment will be full-size trees, 20, 30, 50 foot trees. When we put them in a small container, trim the tops, trim the roots, we dwarf the tree indefinitely. And the results can be and should be aesthetically pleasing. Absolutely. We're trying to make a little one foot, 10 year old tree look like it's a hundred foot tall and a hundred years old. So there's different horticultural uh, aspects that we have to follow, styling, trimming, wiring, shaping. Because in nature, 30 years from now, every tree looks like an old tree with heavy weighted down limbs, but not our 10-year-old ones. We have to kind of trick the tree into growing like it was 30 years from now. Does it mind? I don't think so. I actually think like if we rescue a tree from nature where it's growing in unruly conditions and we get it into a container, we're taking care of it, giving it nutrients, water, the right light source and environment. The trees thrive more when we bring them into a bonsai container. James, how did you get involved in bonsai? So I actually took a Japanese class in college, and uh, as part of one of those classes, we did a cultural lesson on all sorts of suiseiki, which is the art of appreciating stones, bonsai, and all these sort of things. And back then I was very theoretically based, so I started studying the art of bonsai and procedures and all those things. And then during the coronavirus, or a little bit before, I, I really started to get active in doing because, you know, being at home, there's a lot more time, a lot more uh, Zen moments of, of trying to keep yourself within that great mind space, being kind of locked in all the time. So that's, that's where I started. It's a very cathartic process from start to finish. And it just, it just brings me a lot of joy. And you speak Japanese well, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> and you have gone to Japan, Carl, to see some of the treasures. Oh, yeah. In 2017, I was lucky enough to get to the World Convention which happens every four years, and it hasn't happened in Japan or Saitama City since uh, 30 years ago. Uh, you guys could do the math on that. But uh, yeah, we saw the Picassos and the Van Goghs of the bonsai world, stuff that was in the Imperial Collection, stuff that we've only seen in books that never goes out into public. And uh, Japanese spared no expense on this show. It was great. And have you been to the Washington, D.C. collection or any others? Recently, I went to the one in Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh Botanical Gardens, about a year and a half ago. That was absolutely wonderful. But I've not, I have not been to the Arboretum, and I have not been to Japan yet. Those are on the extended list of things I want to do. It's nice. Throughout the U.S., we're starting to see different botanical gardens put in bonsai collections. The Pacific Rim Collection, of course, the National Arboretum, Pittsburgh, Longwood Gardens. And I know there's a bunch of other different botanical gardens that do have some kind of uh, bonsai display. Arthur Jurer in Asheville, Carolina, has been there for 30 years working on a lot of American native trees, not the normal stuff you would see coming out of Japan. And Carl, you would agree with James, the idea that maybe more people turn to bonsai during COVID. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I think we saw a big uptake in uh, the art. People had the time, which was great. They had the time to focus on art and uh, you know maybe some music and themselves a little, which you're starting to see that people are still holding on to those values coming out of COVID. And I think that's good because we work a lot in the US. It's not like a European or a Japanese country, you know, that maybe take a little time off here and there and enjoy our time off. I would definitely agree. There's a very meditative aspect to it. Carl, you sometimes listen to music when you're working on your trees. Do you, James, at all? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's something I love to do. Just something very, as we say nowadays, vibey, that kind of relaxes me and I can get in the right headspace to do it. Because it really is, you're envisioning sort of what you want to, what you want to do with the tree, because it's a, sort of a collaborative effort. You're working with nature instead of against it. Do you make your life when you're not working with your bonsai trees? Are you working in a landscape concern? Yeah, and actually that's something that happened recently. Uh, I was working in business during the pandemic and it got really stressful. And then there just came an end to the job that I was at because of what was going on with the pandemic. And there came a moment where Carl was starting to bring his bonsai over to Keller's and Keller's was looking for people. And I thought, you know, this is something I'm really, really passionate about. I really could see myself delving into this as a career. Yeah, we've known each other for a couple of years now, being part of the Bonsai Society, the NEPA Bonsai Society. So I'm I always look for involved, people yeah. who kind of uh, know what they're doing and have a good passion for it. You'll have enthusiasts and beginners, amateurs, you know, people who really want to do a lot of work with it. People who have one tree or people who just appreciate it. Some people I think in our club might not even have a tree, but they appreciate the art to show up and learn. And at some point, you know, they'll have a tree. When you talk about the society, tell us how many people are on paper, at least as members. We have had great growth over the last couple of years. And I'm not sure if that was part of COVID or just, you know, with your help and uh, getting the word out to the public. But we've had like 30, 40 people show up at the meetings and they just want to learn. And we already have 78 trees listed in the brochure as I was working on it for the open house on Saturday. So we're going to have a huge display you meet the last Wednesday of every... Last Wednesday of the month this year so far. you got to check out the schedule on nepabonsai.com because we are switching some stuff around. We're probably going to start doing a little more weekends just to give us a little more time and uh, so people don't fall asleep after working all day. You've been here before, Carl, and described the open house, which sounds like you have a wonderful array of trees for us to see. You have demonstrations, music. Tell us what we're going to find. Oh, yeah. So uh, Saturday, August 26, from 10 to 4, over at Keller's Garden Center, we have the NEPA Bonsai Society Open House. It features a large tree display, all the members' trees. We dress them up in their Sunday best. We put those on display. We ask the public to help us judge what trees they like the best. And this year, what we're doing, we have a little pamphlet, so you'll be able to see what type of tree is, how old it is, who owns it, so it'll be easier for you to judge the small, medium, and large trees. We have also this year some set demos and it's something we haven't done like a schedule in the past like that. We'll all be outside working on our trees and showing you around the display, etc. But at 10 o'clock, I'll do a little welcome speech. And then at 10.15, James is going to do a uh, really extreme bending, show you how to put some really cool movement in a tree. At 11, we have a pottery demonstration by Justine from Forest Inn. Her pots are on display at the shop, and she'll be setting up a tent there with some of her stuff for sale. That's every bit as much a part of the presentation of the tree, right? You want the pot to be right. Right, of course. Yeah, and that, I mean, that is an art in and of itself. The, the pot is the frame for the tree. You know, obviously it's a living piece of art, so you want, you want to frame it just such that it makes the, uh, makes the tree look the best it can. 
Yeah, and Justine's really accomplished. She's uh, newer on the scene over the last five years in bonsai pottery, but she makes some really cool stuff. Uh, so she's going to show you how to make a pot. Then at noon, I'll do a little demonstration on a tree. Haven't decided yet. And uh, at one o'clock, the chairperson of the open house, Christina, is doing a presentation on the tea ceremony, the Japanese tea ceremony. So that's totally new for us. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, two o'clock, we have a succulent demonstration. And three o'clock, one of our members is doing a little shohin demo that's working on smaller trees that maybe are seven to eight inches tall or a little smaller than that. So yeah, we have a good day planned for everybody. And uh, my friend Jamie should be around to play some uh, shakuhachi flute. And hopefully he's going to be doing a class at Keller's on shakuhachi. So stay tuned for info on that. Hopefully I can figure that out by the open house. Jamie Orfanella, right? Yes. Having taken that Japanese course in college, what is the relationship in philosophy between the tea ceremony and maybe something like bonsai? Is there something comparable in the overall philosophical approach? I would say there's a sort of a minimalism that exists in, in paying attention to every detail and every step of every procedure. And, and that really is where the, the tea ceremony comes from. It's every step being calculated in just such a way and every step having meaning. And when we're creating a bonsai tree, that's that's the same. Yeah, we would. And in addition to showing us some gestural work with a tree, will you have something separate on display like Carl? Uh, yes, I will be showing some of my trees. Describe one. Uh, so a Korean hormine that we'll be working on uh, on a slab. So that's another way of, of potting something up is potting, potting a, a tree on a concrete slab or a, a stone slab. We use a lot of different stones in it. I'll be showing um, some smaller trees as well. And Carl, what about you? Yeah, I have a couple. <laughs> I probably end up with the most amount of trees just because, you know, I've been probably doing it one of the longest times. But uh, yeah, I have trees that are three foot high and then I have one that's like five inches tall. So I can't wait to show that off. I got this nice Japanese pot for it. It's this little privet. It's called a musk maple. And uh, I potted that up last week and now I just got to put moss on it, make it look a little nicer. And yeah, I get more enjoyment out of the small trees that are three inches tall as much as you know a five thousand dollar tree that i have <laughs> yeah so there's gonna be a ton of really good trees on i can't wait to see the members i have like 17 in the book but then there's another 50 that probably have seen the public for the first time this year it's sort of a family reunion <laughs> yeah well, carl you told us an interesting story about a donation of legacy trees that you inherited as a society yeah about Three or four years ago, uh, an older president of ours uh, whose finance business is just doing really well, Tom Lanton, he donated seven big trees to the club, about 50 or 60 pots and an infinite number of magazines and books. So we were able to take the big five trees, sell them, put that in the bank account, as well as, oh, as all the pots, too, and a lot of the magazines. We still have those magazines. Uh, very inexpensive, too. If you need something to read, just stop by the shop, and all that money goes into the Bonsai Club. So now we can afford a couple guest artists a year. We've been able to fund two workshops so far. Two years ago, we did a juniper on a rock planting where the club paid for everything. And then this year we did a maple where the club supplemented half of the thing. And we're still doing that in a three-part series over the whole year. Don't know exactly what we're doing next year. We haven't figured that out, but it might be something pottery and kusamono related, which is the art of Japanese flower arranging or planting. 
So we might do that. I'm working on a bunch of other stuff, and we'll figure that out soon. But it's it's great to have funds available to get these guest artists and really kicking up people's knowledge in the last couple of years. Wonderful, wonderful sessions. Wonderful to meet people who have worked with masters and our masters themselves. Uh, it just advances the knowledge that much more. Now, you have told us about your backyard and how there are, I'm sure, many trees outside now, weather being what it is, but some you take in because they need to be taken in when the weather turns. How about your collection, James? About 125. I, I love smaller trees. Mame, pretty much the smallest size you can you can get. They're kind of fit in the palm of your hand. So uh, I do have a lot of trees, but not, not that take up as much space as Carl's. Yeah, my backyard is uh, a jungle of bonsai. And uh, I'm working on readjusting it, redesigning it. But a lot of my stuff now is over at the uh, shop. And you all individually or as a club offer classes, yeah? You do, Carly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I teach. Uh, I like to teach on the private one-on-one or one-on-two is good. But I do group classes. So if you ever wanted to work on something. And I'll have some of those announced next weekend at the open house. The club members, though, during the open house, anybody, you can ask any of them for their take on the art or questions. There's going to be knowledge of people who have one year to 25 years experience there. So any kind of questions you have, uh, hopefully we'll be able to even help you find your first tree. I have a lot of stuff that survives well inside. We have a lot of stuff that does great outside, but we'll get you started in the right direction. Repeat the website. The uh, open house flyer, it's on nepabonsai.com. It's also on our Facebooks, NEPA Bonsai Facebooks. The flyer is also on, and other workshops are on zenchaserbonsai.com and also my Facebook. And um, my goes right to uh, zenchaserbonsai on Instagram too. Yeah. And James, do you have any? Uh, yeah, Keller's does have a Facebook as well. I post almost every day on it. I do run that. So any any kind of information they need, they can reach us through there. We just heard, Carl, you were in Japan and that was the epicenter. But what's up, James? So as they're saying in Japan, the, the art is kind of moving to the West because, you know, it has been popular in Europe for quite a few years. But now it's really getting popular here. There's an uptick in the United States of all kinds of masters and masterwork and just bonsai being done in general so as it as it kind of declines in japan it's not seriously declining but it's declining with the generations being picked up here so we're making our own thing out of it just the way that the the western europeans did and the japanese before that yeah it doesn't seem like the younger generation in japan wants to continue the art as much as we have people from europe and all around the and the u.s going over there to do apprenticeships and studying it and bringing knowledge back to their countries so we're into like the second generation of bonsai artists. I, I, I'm going to say maybe almost the second generation. So we were in this for 70 years, 80 years since World War II. So in the last 20 years, 30 years that I've been into it, I've seen a lot of you know older people. Older Now they started when they were 30 and 40. So But now they're you know, 50, 60. So we have a lot of really good artists passing on their knowledge. But at the same time, I think we have a lot of younger people picking up stuff and that you know that's all due to everything from youtube the internet and online classes online schools you know getting that knowledge out online has helped a lot so i'm hoping that you know 20 years from now we still have this influence to our younger generation i hopefully i have somebody to pass down to 20 years from now or you know, when I'm 120, I, then I die, you know. <laughs> Older than the tree, right? I always like your description of when you try to imagine yourself an inch tall. Tell us that one. When you go through our display, 
you'll see there'll be different levels of trees and we want everybody to display. I don't care what level it's at, just make it look as nice as possible, whether it's just started or, you know, it's been working on it for 25 years. I have a forest or two or some bigger trees that if you could picture yourself, I always say, if you could see yourself an inch tall walking through this little tree and it gives you the imagination or the sense of this big forest. And I, I hope, you know, the tree means it's on its road to being its perfect bonsai or, or the, the higher level of the art. You're shaking your head, Jay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, the viewing angle, I mean, that's sort of what he's talking about there is like being an inch tall. The way that you envision that tree in nature and the way that you see it from that perspective really is kind of what bonsai is. It's where it comes from. It hopefully will put you into a sense of imagination and get you out of the real world for a minute or two. Even if it's for 30 seconds, you're like, oh, I, I walked through a forest like that or I was under a tree like that when I was young. I had one with the tire swing on it in my backyard when I was young. So as you were suggesting, I think, James, at the start, it's a different way of looking at nature. The tree is not an object that you're cutting, but you are having a dialogue, a conversation, as if the tree is living, which it is. Absolutely, yeah. And the idea that, you know, I've read that the the art comes from people moving to cities and out of the country and wanting to bring nature with them. So there's definitely some, some historical background as to why that started have that relationship with nature when you're not around nature necessarily. I've asked Carl this question before, but do you get a sense that if not a human spirit, when you're working with your trees, James, do you get a sense that there's a there's something there? Like Absolutely. A... It, it, you can see it in a daily in the daily way that it responds. And the thing about a bonsai tree or any tree that you're working on is that it's going to look different every way that you look at it. Every day it's different. It grows, it changes. It has a spirit, it has a, you know, a personality, and that just, you know, gets better over time. James Gavern, a member of the NEPA Bonsai Society who manages the nursery at Keller's Garden Center, which will be the site of the 2023 NEPA Bonsai Society Open House this Saturday, August 26th, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., he was joined by Carl Ockhammer, president of the NEPA Bonsai Society, proprietor of Zen Chaser Bonsai, a teacher and longtime practitioner of the art. The website for more information, nepabonsai.com, B-O-N-S-A-I, nepabonsai.com. The open house will be held at Keller's Garden Center, 7 Kern Street in Exeter, that's on the west side of the Susquehanna River, just a bit up from Kingston, across the river from Wilkes-Barre and Pittston and that corridor. The bonsai tree contest will be judged by those of you who attend. There will be live shakuhachi music with Jamie Orfanella, bonsai demonstrations all day, and many, many trees, at least 78. Saturday, August 26th, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., the 2023 NEPA Bonsai Society Open House at Keller's Garden Center, 7 Kern Street in Exeter. And for more information on the web, nepabonsai.com. <laughs>